Hello and welcome everyone to the Sports Unite podcast. This is episode 8. We have a jam-packed episode for you, including our first interview with our hockey insider, Alvaro. Uh, First, we just want to continue to give our support to the Black Lives Matter movement and support spreading the message of all of those who need to hear it. The baseball fiasco continues as the MLB not reached an agreement with its players. Uh, It suggested a 76-game season and a 16-team playoff. While I do like the addition of more playoff teams, as playoff baseball is probably the most exciting baseball we get all year round. Uh, And in that proposal, it would have games start in July players would earn about 75% of their pro-rated salaries. The players do not like this at all. They still like their 114-game season, and they would not have it any other way. The dream scenario at this point for the MLB is to start on July 4th weekend, and that's only three weeks away, which means an agreement would have to happen by the end of this week, which it does not seem possible at this point. So that means they're not going to get their dream scenario, and yet again, they are blowing their chance to hog the spotlight of the sports community, and I think it's just too late at this point because we have many sports coming back, and it's just going to take away. We have basketball coming back. We have hockey coming back. Those are going to be in playoff scenarios. Everyone's going to be watching that. No one's going to be watching game 15 of the major league season. So I think they blew it. I don't know if we will get baseball. They say we'll get baseball, but... Only time will tell. They're going to have to really turn it around or come to an agreement, get a mediator or something, because they're just having a hot mess of a situation over at Major League Headquarters. Now, let's turn it around, and it's time for a lot of news that will unite us all. NASCAR has thrown its hat in the ring to be part of the solution in uniting everyone, especially in the sports community. One of its drivers, Bubba Wallace, Uh, had his car painted all black and had the hashtag Black Lives Matter and had hands embracing on the hood. NASCAR also announced that they are banning all Confederate flags from its races. This is a a great start for an organization who hasn't been the best at uh, inclusivity uh, within its uh, fans. So this is a huge step forward for a sport that uh, has been keeping us entertained during this quarantine time and, you know, bringing change forward. So it's a good move on them and uh, hope to see other leagues continue. Speaking of that, in continuing the support of moving equality forward, we had one of the uh, teams, Eintracht Frankfurt in the Bundesliga, their game this past week against Bayern Munich, they wore hashtag Black Lives Matter jerseys. I hope more soccer teams or teams in general start to do this, uh, showing their support not only for their fans and their players, but this continuing movement that equality uh, needs to happen and we need to take a good hard look at how society has marginalized some, some people in our society and sport is a great way to bring everyone together. So I hope that uh, this can continue on as more sports start to return. Our good friends at the Korean Baseball League have made the news again. And, you know, when you were a little kid, you probably lined up some of your toys to watch you perform maybe a play or, you know, a huge sporting event, maybe even watch you play video games. Well, our team, the NC Dinos, were taking on the Hanwon Eagles in 
one of their games this past weekend, and in the stands they had a little bit of support. People aren't allowed uh, in the stands to see live baseball yet, but that did not stop our good childhood friends Pikachu, Spongebob, Winnie the Pooh, Mickey, Sonic the Hedgehog, and others to enjoy a game of baseball. Uh, Check out our social media pages uh, where we've posted the photo, and uh, you know, keep track our nc dinos are still in first place in the korean baseball league and they are cruising on now it's time for some huge news that will definitely unite us all we had a couple of huge announcements late yesterday which is why we delayed the podcast the mls is back they've reached an agreement and they are coming back every time we seem to release a podcast a new league comes out with uh just news about what's happening So we'll just try and keep releasing podcast after podcast and hope that every single sport comes back. The MLS is back, though. Uh, They're going to go, just like the NBA, they're going to Disney World. Uh, Major League Soccer has announced that they are releasing... Major League Soccer has announced that they will be having a welcome back tournament featuring every single team that will take place from July 8th to August 11th. All the teams will participate in this tournament at Disney World. And once the tournament is complete, they do hope to finish the season at the home stadiums, but that is still up in the air. The tournament will see six groups take place and we will bring up the groups. So they just drew the groups today. So in group A, it'll be an Eastern Conference uh, featuring Orlando City, Inter Miami, New York City FC, Philadelphia Union, Chicago Fire, and Nashville FC. In group B is a Western Conference group. It'll have the Seattle Sounders, FC Dallas, Vancouver Whitecaps, and San Jose Earthquake. Group C is an Eastern Conference team. It'll be Toronto FC, the New England Revolution, Montreal Impact, and DC United. That's going to be a heck of a group to keep watch. Group D, Western Conference, Real Salt Lake, Sporting Kansas City, Colorado Rapids, Minnesota United. Group E, the final Eastern Conference group, Atlanta United, FC Cincinnati, New York Red Bulls, and Columbus Crew. Finally, to round out Group F, the last Western Conference group, we have Los Angeles FC, Los Angeles Galaxy, the Houston Dynamo, and Portland Timbers. Again, another big group with the big rivals right there. So this was uh, this draw was done on Thursday of this week, the 11th. Groups are going to start to get together very, very soon. Uh, groups or teams do have to be down in Orlando at least a week before their first game. So group stages, like I said, will start on July 8th. Now, this tournament has huge implications. So the three games that they get in the group stage will count towards uh, the season standings. The winner will earn a 2021 CONCACAF Champions League bid whether it's a Canadian team or an American team they will get a slot in that which is also huge and there's a large 1.1 million dollar bonus for the winning team so that's a pretty good pretty good uh, reason to play and win like I said group stages will begin July 8th round of 16 will start on July 25th to the 28th quarterfinals will be July 30th to August 1st. Semi-finals are on August 5th and 6th, and the final will take place on August 11th. Uh, there are six groups. Uh, the first group, you might have noticed, had more than four teams. They had six teams. There are just more teams in the East than the West, so it was determined that one group will have six teams and the other two will have four, while the three Western Conference groups have 
four teams each. Each team will play three games in their group setting, and just like in the World Cup scenario, the top two will make it in each group. The four best third place teams will book their ticket to the round of 16 and we will begin. Games will start. There will be three matches per day. It will be 8 a.m., 8 p.m., and 10.30 p.m. all Eastern Standard Time. They do have the weird start times due to the heat in Florida during the summer. So we will have games early in the morning and then to take you into sleep time. What great news. Oh, what's that? There's more? There's more. That's right. Like we reported last week, the NBA is back. Pretty much everything was how we reported. So June 30th is the target date for training camps to start for the 22 remaining teams. And of those, the 16 teams uh, who have been invited, June 30th is the target date for the training camps uh, for the 22 remaining teams to start. Uh, Again, just to reiterate, those 16 teams that currently hold a top 8 playoff spot in both the East and the West. Uh, So you have the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers, Nets, and Magic. And in the West, you have the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavs, and Grizzlies. The teams within six games of the playoffs also are included in that 22 to restart the season. So in the East, you have the Wizard. That's it. The East not doing so well. In the West, you have the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns will all get a shot at making it to the playoffs and getting to that final seed. Now here's the fun part. After the eight final regular season games the top seven are locked in and qualify for the playoffs the final seed will be determined in this manner if the eighth seeded team is more than four games ahead of the ninth place team that team qualifies as the eighth no ifs ands or buts but if the ninth place team is four games or less closer to that eighth place team they will have to play a play-in tournament Now here's how it works. The 8th place team, all it has to do is win one game. That's it, they qualify. The ninth place team has to win two games in a row to get that 8th and final spot. It's a little fun twist for the playoffs. Looking forward to it again. uh, Again, uh, July 7th, the teams will travel down to Orlando and Disney World and start to quarantine, get ready. And July 30th, it appears to be the start of those 8 remaining games. The draft lottery will take place on August 25th after those teams uh, who do not qualify for the playoffs have been eliminated and we know all parties taking part in the lottery, unlike the NHL. The playoffs will go until we have a winner. As usual, nothing has been announced. Game 7 of the finals will be October 12th, so that's as far as the season will go. The draft will happen a few days later on October 15th and it's scheduled for the 2020-2021 season to begin on December 1st course is all subject to change uh hopefully nothing has to change and we get basketball very very soon another sport is back the pga is returning this weekend uh the most social distance approved sport the pga uh, did set its sights on returning this coming weekend and it's sticking to it with the charles schwab classic in fort worth texas no fans just players caddies some volunteers and tv crew They recommend that the players and caddies social distance and they will have testing on site if they feel it's necessary. 
a lot more advertising you'll see and they will be using electronic boards instead of manual leaderboards for less contact. They'll be uh, stacking the groups uh, to get eyes on in the first early rounds as Rory, John Ram, and Brooks Kepka will all play in uh, a group together in the first two rounds. There are three Canadians in the field. Adam Hadwin, Corey Connors, and Mackenzie Hughes playing in this weekend's game, in this weekend's uh, tournament. So look forward to uh, watching some golf on the weekend. Nice, relaxing, get set up. Uh, nice outdoor sport. Go enjoy uh, a walk, maybe. Hopefully the weather's enjoyable for you this weekend. And watch some golf. The NHL also released some news to join in on the news party. Uh, they announced that the NHLPA and NHL have agreed that the 24 remaining teams can begin their training camp on July 10th. What a glorious, glorious news that is. That means we are closer once training camps start, and as long as that date is set, then we can start to have dates for return of hockey. Uh, yet to be decided are the hub cities, but that decision will be made uh, going forward, hopefully within the couple of weeks, hopefully before July 10th, maybe at the draft lottery on the 26th. Who knows? There's also some clarification on the return to play for the NHL. Uh, we do know uh, that after the reseeding rounds, that uh, it will be a best of seven series instead of, uh, we, they weren't sure if it was going to be best of five, but also there will be reseeding. So this came out uh, just this week that if Montreal beats uh, Pittsburgh in their matchup they could face Boston or whoever the first place team is because they are the 12th uh, seeded team and they will be reseeded to play the highest team which would be number one. Uh, so also on June the 8th the NHL uh, moved into phase two and phase three appears to be the training camp opening. We're being safe and we are finding ways to return and get sports up and running again. Speaking of the NHL, we have our new segment here in our first interview on the podcast. So without further ado, here is our new segment, The Sports Report. All right. Now, welcome, everyone, to our first sports report. This is where we interview different people uh, in the sports community and get their thoughts on what's happening. So today uh, we are happy to welcome Alvaro. Welcome to the Sports United podcast. Thanks for having me, Justin. This is awesome. Thanks for joining. The powers of technology have allowed us to come together, social distancing approved, to talk about <laughs> hockey. Very social so, distance. Social distance. So uh, how have you been without uh, hockey or in general sports to keep your mind uh, busy? Yeah, as you know, uh, hockey is my number one sport. Uh, but the first night, I guess, that uh, the NBA went off um, off the air, the, that was the Rudy Gobert incident where everything kind of just shut down. Uh, I was pretty much sure that the NHL would follow. Um, and that night I was watching a Sens. I think they were playing the Ducks. Yeah, they were in the West Coast. I know that for sure. And uh, my girlfriend was asking me, why are you watching the Sens game? Because you already know, but your fans don't. I'm an avid Leafs fan. Um, but for me, it's always been NHL first, no matter what. Uh, so I was watching the game. So I was like, this is probably going to be the last hockey game I'll get to watch uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, and I was right. 
uh, it wasn't a good game. It was pretty terrible, as you can imagine. Ottawa is not good. You know that. Ducks um, <laughs> are probably worse. Uh, so it was pretty <laughs> awful. Um, and that was my last memory of sports. Ever since then, everything's been a blur. Uh, so it's been going really, really, really well. Those last three games were horrible. San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim, just the worst three teams you could end on. I watched, I watched those games. It was, just, it was just bad. It was painful. Yeah, it's not good hockey. But that, even that, I would take on loop over anything uh, right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, trying to – I've been trying to watch just highlight videos and, like, uh, I think I watched two YouTube videos of just straight 25 minutes of overtime playoff goals. Oh my god! And it gave me feelings, and then I was like, "Oh, I got excited," and then I had to come down from cloud nine and be like, "Oh yeah, yeah." It's weird getting that like burst of excitement from sports that it's not there. I, I felt the same way as I was watching uh, part of the clips from the um, the Battle of Ontario when they played that. I think they played that on either TSN or Sportsnet um, from back in the day when when we were younger, much younger in high school. Um, they were showing like Gary Roberts, uh, you know, Matt Sandin, all these kinds of clips. And, and it started to get that sensation of like, oh, it's, this is what sports is like again. And right. then it thoroughly went away almost immediately right after. I, so. I, do, I will say watching the older games, it's kind of given me like games that, uh, you know, when you're younger, you don't quite understand or like who's on the team, you kind of remember, be like, oh, that guy was on that team. I don't ever mm-hmm. remember him being on that team or that guy won a cup with them. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's so many memories like that. Um, even watching the uh, last dance, the, the Michael Jordan documentary, oh. and like I was so much younger. I was maybe 10. I was around 10 years old when, when those, um, when those teams existed, those, those, championship winning teams and i remember tony kukoc from playing like you know the the nba live games or whatever they were at the time uh, i remember tony kukoc dennis rodman you know the, the the big three obviously um but i just couldn't really put into words what was being watched at the time it didn't make any sense right it just it was you're just like context you now remember like, wow. watching it but watching it again, you're just kind of like it just adds another layer because you're like, oh, like I was able to watch that, but it did not hit me how yeah. like significant and crazy everything was. Yeah, exactly. I guess it would be like an equivalent of uh, getting to see someone like, I don't know, Michael Jackson or Bob Marley in concert when you're like super, super young. You can barely remember anything. But then years after, once they've passed, and you're like, oh, okay, so that was a legend. I was literally watching something that will never exist again in that same, uh, in that same type of context. Yeah. So, uh. Sports has such a huge impact from like childhood all the way through that. Now as an adult, we can look at it and be like, Oh yeah, it's a, it's a necessity. We can feel that there's a cultural gap just from it being taken away. Um, and it's very difficult to look back on it and think, how much more could I have appreciated it while I had it? Exactly. Oh, especially all those people, you know, kept wanting just 
the Bulls to win constantly, and then people are just like, no, I kind of want to try something different. And the the Bulls haven't won anything since. So, yeah, well, I have too much of a good thing. Why, why, <laughs> why keep it consistent? Why not just you know wild card it? Uh, what sports used to be in the nineties? Uh, golden era for some for certain sports and for certain teams for sure golden era mm-hmm. so uh what do you think the break has done uh to the players have you been uh, following any players and their adventures while on break yeah it's funny because uh again i'm a Leafs fan so i have that kind of blue tinted glasses perspective um but uh i, I know that uh, the nylanders for example william and uh and his brother Alex, his brother Alex, a Chicago player, which is weird that he plays for Chicago because I know him as a Buffalo Sabre still. Um, but yeah, they're, uh, they, they've been living together in Chicago, presumably training. Uh, it's almost better if they had gone to Sweden because Sweden, they, they didn't close their rinks or facility. Um, so that's kind of like a weird like side uh, sidebar. Um, I know Matthews, Austin Matthews, um, and Frederick Anderson have been living together in Arizona. Again, not a place with a lot of price <laughs> rings. So I hope they're, you know, two positions that can benefit from practicing together. I would hope that they've engaged in some sort of, you know, shinny at the very least. But uh, it, it's hard to know for sure what they're actually doing. If they're anything like me, then it's not a good picture because then they're going to be sloppy all over the ice. Uh, oh. <laughs> but, no, professional so i would hope that's not the case you, one can only hope i think i think the players in tampa bay have it the best they all live on a, a kind of a community and are all attached via like a a canal and uh so one of the players started a it's convenient like a charity chat and he goes on his jet ski and just visits like steven stamkos and all the other Tampa Bay players, like that's the place you wanna you wanna be quarantined is in Tampa Bay. Although you know Florida's a little sketchy sometimes, but yeah, sometimes <laughs> very, very generous. Um, I guess Stephen Stamkos made the right decision then by not signing in Toronto. Good for him, but uh, we got Tavares, so I think we're okay with that. <laughs> So uh, when you heard the announcement that hockey uh, was indeed coming back in the first North American League to propose a, a return to play, uh, how excited were you? Did you have any reservations at first? Yeah, mostly um, cautiously pessimistic, I think I'd say. Uh, reservations up the wazoo. Just in terms of how like I'm a very logistics kind of guy. I, the big picture of it is fantastic. We can look at it and say, all right, on the macro level, we're getting sports back. We don't know exactly when. They have plans. They have phases. Uh, but logistically speaking, it's a nightmare. Because <laughs> sure, we can say, oh, we're going to have 24 teams. We're going to have such and such. But what about the media? How, mu- how much restriction are you going to put on the media? What about mm-hmm. your own NHL staff, personnel? Uh, what about the referees? How many referees do you plan on having? Is there going to be restrictions on that? There probably should be. Um, who knows? Like, will they allow, um, you know, broadcasters from the different teams? Like, will 
I was about to say, well, the senators have broadcaster, but clearly they won't because, hmm. but will, for example, the Leafs be able to send their Sportsnet guys to cover the games, even though they're not home or away? Does it make a difference? I don't know. It's it, Everything's just been like question mark after question mark. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because, you know, most teams have, at least here in Canada, they have, you know, their own local broadcast guys, and then there's the national feed, and then there's radio guys. Yeah, exactly. Will the Boston Homer be able to go? (laughs) (laughs) You know, will will he be able to get out of his NESN uh, studio and go talk about how all the other players on the opposing teams are slashing Chara, even though Chara gets away with murder? No, his, his broadcast studio is just, you know, portable. So he'll just pack it up and bring it wherever they're playing. So he can literally be a homer. Exactly. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> As, yeah, what I like about it is they didn't set a date. So the NBA first came out with, we're going to return July 31st. And then a week or two later, they came out with their return to play with like, no, we're coming back July 31st, which is, you know, great. But if there's a setback, you won't hit that target whereas the nhl is very cautious with you know we have phases we're going to return but we don't want to set a date because things might happen we want to be realistic yeah that's definitely something that uh, as a fan we can appreciate um and it's not something that i necessarily expected from the nhl yeah right Uh, (laughs) they don't have the track record to prove that they are um accommodating or considerate uh you know, in certain occasions, the Olympics being an example. So for them to actually have a, a reasonable layout of their plan and the different phases that they had and not set specific deadlines or dates, uh, I think that's the, the right way to do it. I was pleasantly surprised by their approach. Um, so I, I do feel a little bit more optimistic than I would normally feel if they had, for example, said, uh, this is the, the deadline date for phase one or phase two or whatever phase they're going to be in mm-hmm. where they're more playing it by ear and they're actually uh, admitting that they will be following all of the public health guidelines from whichever hub city or whichever area that they will operate in, uh, which almost immediately to me rules out Canada. Any Any city in Canada I don't think will be a hub city. Uh, I think the border will prove to be a logistical nightmare in terms of having all of these people cross the border for uh, have to be in quarantine for two weeks. Um, I think that will probably be something that they'll they'll have to take a serious look at. Um, so I'm, I'm imagining it'll be more city Las Vegas. Um, yeah, I've, you know, I've heard Vegas is pretty much a slam dunk at this yeah. point, and just so kind of facilities. And well, you know, the other one I've heard of is that uh, Edmonton would be the preferred second choice. Interesting, because it, you know they have the the new arena and all the hotels around there, so it's all within you know a block radius, and then they have plenty of practice rinks potentially. Yeah, so the Canadian cities are, are very much uh, at a benefit from having, like, Toronto, for example, has an insane amount of rinks yeah. available at their disposal. Uh, two are actually NHL-ready, uh, what used to be called the Rico Coliseum, which I'm blanking on the new name. And oh, it's some weird the, name now. Is it the Pepsi? I want to say Pepsi. It might be Pepsi. Uh, um, but yeah. 
and it, it's within minutes of the again here i was going to say the acc but the, what is it canadian tire center now goofy name um yeah so they could theoretically if they could get the logistics you know all figured out they mm-hmm. could have multiple games going at the same time in the same city which would be uh something easier to manage i think but they'd still have to get over those uh those roadblocks of you know the the bureaucratic stuff in terms of crossing the border in terms of um, I, th- I think paperwork that have to be filled out. I think when they do decide, I mean, obviously this is all behind the scenes stuff that we'll never be privy to. But because seventeen percent of the uh, NHL players are, you know, outside of North America, you know, how many of them actually stayed? How many of them are on the twenty-four teams that are continuing playing? I think, I mean, Canada, I can see. You know, the Canadian government deeming them practically essential workers. And, you know, I'm all for them quarantining for two weeks before doing anything because players have tested positive. You know, there's that player that was just announced in Pittsburgh who had it and then has recovered. So I think everyone should have to quarantine for two weeks before resuming training or meeting up with teams and getting set because it's only safe for for everyone yeah and i think that's when we'll we'll know um how serious the nhl actually is if they're gonna you know put their money where their mouth is and say that they're going to follow all of the public health guidelines Mm. uh, then they're gonna really take that seriously yeah because yeah all i've said is when Um, sports return only reason i'm skeptical Uh, I was just saying, you know, player safety and, you know, everyone attending safety has to be number one, no matter what, over, you know, has to be over money, over, you know, eyeballs has to be number one. And if they yeah, can do that, safety, then, yeah. Staff safety, for sure. That, that has to be paramount. Uh, and the only reason I would be skeptical that it might not be the actual case, like they've said everything they need to say, uh, but at the same time, they're also saying, one positive case, so one confirmed case of COVID, will not necessarily mean that the entire, um, you know, everything has to be stripped down and, and canceled. Mm. Um, that I'm not sure about. It, it really depends on how they approach it, because one player has it, sharing such confined space with his teammates and the opponents too is it really that only one player will have it at a time can you know that within a few days i don't know it's it's so much is difficult to navigate in terms of like how safe can they possibly be and when when is it overkill is it ever overkill you know uh, mitch marner said on stream at one point this is a type of thing where you're literally playing with lives if someone has it doesn't necessarily mean that they can, that they will die, but that does definitely mean that they're more susceptible to it and mm-hmm. is it worth it at that point. Yeah, I, I like, I think they have to follow kind of in the footsteps of uh, something like the Bundas League, who's, you know, taken player safety and, you know, followed all the steps and allowed them to return and, you know, set guidelines for practicing. You know, when you celebrate a goal, you have to be six feet away. But <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be different. Can you imagine like standing in goal 
and you can't even pile on your <laughs> you can't even pile on your goalie. <laughs> it's like, it brings me to the next question: Is it really Stanley Cup if you cannot pile onto your goalie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, that's that's the the thing everyone's been saying. Like, oh, whoever wins is going to have an asterisk. I at first yeah. I was kind of like I can get the argument, but the more people talk, I don't I don't think so. I think it would be as exceptional as the lockout year, the lockout shortened year, the yeah, 2012. They don't if have we a... can look at that and say, oh, yeah, that was a normal year. No, it wasn't. It was definitely not a normal year. 48 games is not a proper sample to set a regular season uh, standard to. It's just not the same. And we, in this season, played, what, 68? Some teams yeah. played 69. <laughs> uh, so what is, what is normal, really? Uh, it used to play 80 games. Then we play 82. It's completely different. We still compare them as if they're the same. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like now we have the 24 team playoff where some teams will play, uh, you know, a best of five. And then the top four teams in each division have to play a round robin to determine their seeding. Yeah. That's, I can see why certain teams are complaining. Uh, Boston, St. Louis, you know, that one. Why come out with the, se- tough to the top four seedings? Just say these teams made the top four. Like, I find that, like, at first I thought it was just going to be tune-up games, which is fine. Like, you know, get back into the game playing because yeah, they're, if yeah. they're sitting idle where teams play up to five games, they're going to be a lot farther along than the top four teams, which then leads to more upsets, which maybe they potentially wanted but it's not you know really fair but then like boston could go down to fourth like what's the they were miles ahead of everyone yeah it's ridiculous if you're a boston fan which i'm definitely not yeah uh, i'd be quite upset but uh since i'm not i can look at it and kind of laugh so how do you feel about the play-in rounds do you think this is like the fairest way like the NBA uh, invited uh, teams that were closest or within s- make, uh, six games of making the the playoffs, and then they'll play eight games. And if you can get in, cool. If not, then you're eliminated. But do you think it was just kind of fair to take the bottom seven and be like, you have no realistic chance, but then allowing teams like Chicago and Montreal who weren't having the best years and give them a shot? Yeah, th- those are those are the two tricky ones, right? Because most other teams were at least within within a reasonable, realistic chance of actually making it. It was a pretty tight year this year. so Yeah, it was, especially in the East. In the yeah. West, is a little bit different. Um, Montreal doesn't necessarily... Uh, I don't have any biases for Montreal, so this isn't coming out of, oh, Homer at all. I'm a Leafs fan. Keep that in mind. But... Carey Price is the type of player that if he, especially now that he's had maybe some time to, mm. who knows what he was dealing with, you know, he's had so many different injuries in the past that maybe this was enough for him to, you know, be able to bounce back and we can see the Carey Price from years ago. He could steal an entire five-game series. I mean, it, it's definitely within him, too. He's the type of player that could do that. Shea Weber is the type of captain that can lead a team to do that. Um, and they're a young and very energetic team. So it is interesting. 
do I think that it necessarily downplays the competitiveness? Not necessarily, but it definitely means that it's it's an entirely different outlook uh, of a playoff series than it would otherwise be in any other year. Well, what I like, uh, at least Gary Bettman's talk was, uh, you know, everyone was like, oh, is it fair that, you know, uh, you know, if Montreal does win, it's like, well, you know, Columbus swept Tampa Bay, who, you know, could have been one of the greatest regular season teams in the past 20 years. So just because they're, you know, ranked the, the lowest doesn't mean they can't do something. And Columbus went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. So, yeah, Columbus, uh, especially last year. Yeah. Columbus was definitely a, a treat to watch. Um, you want that in hockey. Yeah, you want that in any sport, really. You want that competitive nature. We don't know if this is going to be, if this is our window opening, or we don't know if this is our window narrowing, but we're going to just throw everything at the wall, see what <laughs> have a crazy trade deadline, acquire a number of different assets that would normally not have been acquired by a, a market like Columbus. And they went for it. And that's admirable. Uh, did it work? Not necessarily. They lost a lot of good players. They lost Panarin. They lost Bobrovsky. But, hey, look at their goalie system. They have two capable netminders that, again, could repeat that same kind of success from last year. So, well, it, is shook, it, normal? it shook no. up everything. Is it fair or not? Yeah, definitely. And that's, <laughs> that's, I think, what we really need more. I, this is why I'm looking at this whole proposal of, of returning to hockey. And I'm like, yes, give us, change things up, you know? Rattle, mm-hmm. yeah, rattle, rattle the lead, make things interesting. This isn't normal. This isn't necessarily fair. But life isn't fair. Like, n- none of this has been <laughs> fair to anyone. No, no one definitely not. 2020 to come in and be like, hey, I see your normality and I raised you a pandemic. Like, no one expected that. So. This is what we have to deal with. This is the cards that we've been dealt. And I think we should just say, hey, throw a whole new deck in if we have to. Change everything up and see what happens. I agree. So uh, for the seven teams that did not get selected, which is not a bad thing because I don't, it would have been over very quickly if they did play. Yeah. Uh, the NHL draft, how... So when I first heard the proposal that they might go back to the old style of the draft where there's one winner and then everyone else kind of goes down from there, I was kind of like, you know what? It's a unique year. That's fair for everyone, especially the seven teams that have not done very well. And then they throw a curveball, at least in what I was expecting. And, you know, teams one to seven have really good odds, just like normal, but then you know, you have random team A to H who could potentially also win the draft lottery. Like, a, like a Pitt, if Pittsburgh loses, they could potentially get the first overall pick. Like, I don't yeah, – that just it? baffles me. And that's kind of what I mean of, like, give us something different, you know, change it up. Um, it's – it's a little weird that they plan on doing the lottery before any of those teams, what, what did you say, A to H, are even determined. So if the wild card team, uh, team C comes in, we don't know who that's going to be. They're going to have to re 
<laughs> redo the lottery uh, once the once the, uh, once the playoffs are over and you're it's like oh, okay that's a very different approach maybe not what i would have done uh but hey why not you know um could it be that pittsburgh you know loses to montreal and gets the first overall pick yeah would that be fair no did they necessarily get Sidney crosby in a fair way no that's so uh, don't give me that thought again you know yeah, a, it, another <laughs> another weird year and pittsburgh just comes out on top again yeah, or Edmonton gets it, you know, because uh, why wouldn't they? Why, and you know, they probably trade Drysaddle because that's Edmonton. <laughs> I remember uh, a few episodes ago when this all came out, I was, you know, did a breakdown of what it all means, and I literally had to read it four different times to understand the draft portion. Like it was like reading a yeah. master's thesis because I was like, I just, okay, I see the odds. I get that. And then, you know, there's two phases. If a team who is in the play-in round, if one of those three teams get a top three pick, then there's a second phase of the job. I'm like, what in the world is happening? Yeah. It's very, it's, I feel like I need to, I haven't even tried. You know, maybe, I, agree, I feel I need to pass the bar before I can even understand it. <laughs> maybe we just need to have a draft watch party and hope that three the three teams that are selected are in the bottom seven and we don't have to be really confused going forward. Yeah, or, and if you have a draft lo- lottery watch party, definitely try to invite someone from Cap Friendly because they can break it down <laughs> as, we're, as we're watching it. Be like, oh, are we getting it? Yeah, no, we're completely off. Okay, please explain. Because uh, it's it is very uh, it's very lawyery in terms of how they broke it down. But hey, if they can understand it, that means it's definitely not. It's going over my head, but someone can understand it and synthesize it. Because as long as there's someone, yeah, that's where we look to uh, Fried, Friedman for. Yes, explain this to me like I'm five. <laughs> so, out of these seven teams, who do you think would benefit the most? Or what, what teams, I don't want to say deserve, but what teams need a top three pick? I can answer that with saying uh, the one team that I don't want to see get Lafreniere is Buffalo. Uh, uh, Buffalo, is, and in particular, I could say Jack Eichel is an angry dude. Jack Eichel is, is fierce competitor. He's a extremely talented and you have someone like Darlene in his on his uh, top pairing on D well, I can like see them demanding a trade if they don't get a good draft pick this year because they're uh, they're kind of pissed off at the Sabres oh yeah they're very upset and they've been upset for a while but the Sabres have basically asked for it like look at how they treated their uh, their alumni oh, I can't remember what what event it was, but they were doing some sort of ceremony. They didn't have proper jerseys. They they couldn't get the jerseys in time, so they had to get counterfeit jerseys. (laughs) Spelled Howard Chuck's, or was it Andrew Chuck? Oh, Andrew Chuck, yeah. Andrew Chuck, they spelled his name wrong. It's just, they, if they don't treat their own organization, they don't treat their own alumni with respect, the current players pay attention to that and they'll see, okay, maybe this isn't the type of franchise that I want to, uh, you know, hitch my wagon to. But if they do get someone like Lafreniere, oh man, I'd be, I'd be very, 
especially being in the same uh, conference, let alone the same division as them, uh, as a Sens fan yourself and as a Leafs fan, it'd be it'd be something I'd be worried about. Um, I obviously don't want to see Ottawa get them, but I think Ottawa um, might do better at developing him than uh, Sabers would. I mean, we're pretty good at developing, keeping the mm-hmm. players. On the other hand, that's a that's a whole oh, yeah. other can of worms. But we're very oh, yeah. good at development. You guys would have a, a nice three-year window for that ELC to, uh, you know. <laughs> I, I'm sure Eugene Melnick would love to pay a player like Lafreniere 3.25 as a maximum with all the bonuses and then hope to keep him on. You know... And after that, uh, on a four-year tournament, probably. Well, you know, the, the rumor is that he... You know, you uh, could, The rumor is that, uh, you know, when Mel Gibson was in town filming a, a movie, he attended uh, and he bought, like, uh, a percentage of the team or something. That's the rumor going around, so. Oh, man. I don't know if uh, <laughs> someone like Mel Gibson would get along with someone like Eugene Melnick, considering. I was shocked, too, you know, but uh, they, they shared the owner's box together, so. Maybe they maybe they spent the night beforehand watching Passion of the Christ and they just <laughs> found a way to come together, you know. You maybe build, he turned Eugene bridges. around. Maybe. Maybe he's a different person. We can only hope. Both of them have very um very good past. colored background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> very unique guys. So this just came out. Uh, uh, I never see the world kind of together with those two as a, as oh, a dynamic duo. <laughs> Change. Uh. <laughs> so this just came out a couple of days ago that uh, instead of the bracket format, they would be reseeding uh, the teams after the play-in rounds, so that oh, if Montreal say would win, they would face the first place instead of uh, the first place playing the. Uh, playing the eight or nine team uh like how it happens in the ncaa bracket tournament Mm -hmm. do you think that's fair because i know there are some gms that were saying like oh you know what's the point of finishing first if we can't play the lowest seed yeah i i I guess they're right um but at the same time where we're letting in teams that were you know 10th 11th 12th overall play in the playoffs so it's already different. Would you really want to watch a series like the first overall team play? Someone just squeaked in. Would it be entertaining? I don't know. Reseeding, it's just like anything else, right? We're, we're basically going at it, you know, with, uh, with, a, with a blank slate, with not knowing exactly how it's going to – it's almost – fun seeing how spontaneous things can be Mm. Uh, i think it's more interesting if anything this is also coming from someone that has basically their team is in the middle of the pack so it doesn't really make it doesn't have an impact on me so i'm not coming from like an emotional standpoint it's really just that could be entertaining it could be potentially more entertaining to see a team like montreal be reseeded after they take out one of the top teams in their conference fantastic i'm all for it so speaking of those matchups, uh, let's go through each one and try and uh, pick the winner, and awesome. uh, we can revisit it once the whenever this is played and see how well we did. See if we should have put money on it. 
So what I got to do is uh, get back into sports gambling. You know, I can uh, bet on t- table tennis and the, uh, you know, fourth tier Danish Superliga. And I don't know, man. I lost a lot of money on the Marble Olympics. So, you know, I'm, I'm all for. I'm so lucky I came out, uh, you know, even on that because I, <laughs> I went hard on a team and they just floundered in the middle rounds. And I was like, oh, my God, what did it do? Yeah, those uh, those blue ballers. They really I had all my money in them, and <laughs> you know the name sold it. Close, but... But yeah, I know. I thought for sure I made the right decision. I always had blue colored tinted glasses, so. <laughs> but like any other team that I cheer for, they did not make it. Shock. So, since uh, our teams are both in the East, uh, we'll start there. So the first. Uh, First game is, or first play-in series is the eight versus nine. So Toronto versus Columbus. I'm going to go out on a limb and uh, probably know who you're picking. Um, But how many games do you think it's going to go? Yeah, it's a best of three. I think think it'll be a closer series than than most people might anticipate. even just thinking back at the games that Toronto played against Columbus this year, I wouldn't say it's like a, oh, it's a time-old rivalry of you know, the <laughs> battle of whatever. But they were very, very uh, chippy games, I'll say that. Uh, a lot of the times when you're playing against a team that is uh, drawn toward a relic coach, you're going to get a, uh, a very interesting matchup head-to-head. I think it could actually go either way. Um going to obviously say I want Toronto to win and I hope Toronto wins but I won't necessarily be surprised if Columbus comes out on top uh, I don't think it'll go over four games not over okay so the next game is the uh, five versus 12 so the Pittsburgh versus Montreal mm-hmm. yeah I kind of already talked on this one and, and I I'm not a huge fan of uh of the Canadians, shocking. Um, but I also don't care much for the Penguins. Never really liked Crosby all that much. I can respect that he's definitely the maybe now the second best player in the league. Um, but his his leadership is just incomparable. He doesn't have an equal in the league. So I'm gonna say Pittsburgh in four. I'm right there with you. I. Uh... Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to win, and uh, I'm on the same of Sidney Crosby. I, you know, don't like him when you're playing against him, but you can't deny that he has leadership and he sees things. And when he plays for Team Canada, obviously you're cheering for him. So, yeah, yeah I don't, I don't know if Montreal has much of a shot unless Carey Price pulls out something miraculous. If he's 100, yeah. if he's not, then I don't, I can't see them having. Yeah, much if we of a get Carey Price from this year, then. It, it might not even last. Uh, yeah. It might not go to a fourth game. But if Carey Price is even close to his the level of play that he's capable of, then it'll be an interesting, potentially close series. But well, I still was, hope Montreal loses. That was the same when Montreal went to the Eastern Conference Finals a few years back. Carey Price was injured, so they lost to the Rangers. But like, if he was 100% and actually playing in those games, I, I think they could have taken the Rangers. Yeah, they they actually were playing really well. So they probably, well, maybe not probably, but they definitely could have. Well, I mean, the, the Kings took care of the Rangers 
So. <laughs> yeah, the Rangers are a weird team. Yes. And their owners. Huh. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So the next game uh, is uh, the seven versus ten, the Islanders versus the Panthers. This is, I think, the most obscure matchup. Yeah. Talk about a snooze fest, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not to take anything away from the Panthers, man. They're they're really they're actually a pretty well built team. I've always been a, a big fan of Sasha Barkov. Um, They've held it close the past few years. Like they, I mean, yeah. they haven't really been having a push to the playoffs, but they haven't been last or second last like uh, they were in the the mid two thousands. Yeah, I'd say the. Uh, They've always been like a, a threat because in the last couple of years, the same um, the same kind of outlook in terms of the playoff um, standings as this year. Very similar that you have, you know, Toronto as well, but you have teams that are just kind of on the bubble and the Panthers have been there in that same kind of position fighting for a playoff spot every year. Um, I really do think that... Uh, a guy like Barkov can can rise to the occasion. He's such a talented player. He's so strong on the puck. He's so skilled. And he has soft hands for someone that big. Um, he does have really, really soft it. hands. Yeah, it's he, him, and one of his actually countrymates, uh, Miko Rantanen, both very impressive on their skates for such big guys. I th- I think Florida could take it, and I think they could. I think they could sweep. I hope so because I'm not a fan of the Islanders in any sense of the word, uh, but I do think the Islanders have a lot of pushback. They're they're a very feisty team as well, and they're very young. I, I'd say Florida and four. I I agree. I think this is the one upset, if you would call it. Although seven versus ten is not mm-hmm. a huge upset, but I think uh, yeah, Florida can definitely take it. I mean, if the Islanders win, then I'm not going to be shocked. But I think the Panthers have it in them. Hopefully they're all, uh, you know, finding some ice in Florida to be able to, to skate and practice and not forget what it's like to be on ice. Yeah, at the very least, I hope they're on rollerblades. <laughs> yeah, roller. You need to bring back school. the roller hockey league. That's the worst oh, idea. Man, ever. Let me know. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> not worse than the XFL. Come on. Oh, Vince McMahon. Two point oh. wasn't awful. wasn't bad. It was doing pretty well, and then it you know couldn't survive a pandemic. That's it. It had a shot this yeah. time, I think. But somehow he got the uh, the government to approve the WWE, the biggest sport in all of sports and entertainment, continuing through a pandemic. You know, they're Terry, essential Terry workers to him. Yeah. So <laughs> good old Vince. So the final matchup in the Eastern Conference is the uh, 6 versus 11. So Carolina versus uh, the Rangers. I don't see this being very uh, close. Yeah, I mean, I think the Rangers have a really, really bright future, despite um, their owner. (laughs) Uh, I, I do think that Carolina will take them pretty easily. Yeah, I I don't even think the Rangers will win a single game. No, I I don't see they're not there yet. They're they're on the up, but they're not. 
they're not going to, especially Carolina, how they're, they've been playing the past few years. They, they have that mesh and cohesiveness as a team that they can, you know, play well together, even though they don't have, you know, a ton of superstars like other teams. So, yeah, Carolina, and they have such a deep defense core that it's it's almost frustrating how right their general manager was a couple of years ago when he said that he doesn't draft defensemen, that he can sign or trade for them. I was livid <laughs> from a Toronto standpoint, being like, you cannot, you, you have no idea how hard it is to get a good defenseman in this in this league. And lo and behold, He's proving that he was right the whole time. It's really frustrating. But, yeah, they're really well built, I think, from the back end uh, to the forwards. All right, so we'll head over to the Western Conference. So the only all-Canadian matchup we have is the 8 versus 9, so the Calgary uh, versus Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how this one's going to go. This one? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm weirded out by this one, too, because... Winnipeg's entire season has been so strange and confusing. Who thought that a guy like Pionk could actually make that trade look palatable? That (laughs) insane defense core that was basically went from having a, a reasonable top four to a top four that was almost unrecognizable. Uh, so good for them. I just don't know if it holds up. Yeah, I mean, Calgary kind of had a, you know, they've had an up and down year. Like they were, you know, top three with Edmonton and Vancouver, and now they're, you know, eighth. Yeah. So they, they were on the downwards. So maybe this break has, you know, can be great for them. Um, I would, yeah, I would lean more towards Calgary than, than Winnipeg. Yeah, I think they... They might have better players, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure of either team's leadership really. Um, Sean Monahan still very young, yes. and he, he could end up being a very you know Taves-like leader. But we haven't really seen that yet. We haven't seen that in the last three years. Um, even though he's exceptionally talented, as well as his line mate Goudreau, but yeah, I, I think this will be the year that they show it if they have it. Yeah, I, the one thing that Winnipeg has over is the like leadership with like Blake yeah, Wheeler Blake and Blake Wheeler. Like, yeah. yeah, but they yeah they have Johnny Hockey and a uh, younger boring Sean Monahan. Boring, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a younger crowd, so they they might be able to to use the speed and the youth over Winnipeg, but. I mean, Winnipeg doesn't have the Dustin Bufflin cloud hanging over them anymore, so maybe that helps. Maybe. Even that was a whole confusing ordeal Uh, that they went through. But but also, Calgary has Lucic. (laughs) That's true. That's weird. That's still weird to (laughs) say. It's really weird. (laughs) I don't... Yeah, I'd be surprised if he plays all that much. I don't think he can keep up in a regular basis, let alone after <laughs> three and a half months off, four months by the time they start playing. Yeah, no. Yeah. They should have kept Neil, but hindsight, What can right? you do? All right. I'm, I'm saying probably Calgary. And yeah. In how many games? It could be five. 
it could be five yeah I mean, that would benefit the Canadian people because more, I think more people tune in, more of the average viewer tunes in for all Canadian matchup than they do others. So, yeah, for sure. I'm more likely to stay up for a West Coast matchup when it's, you know, the Battle of Alberta or when it's uh, the West Coast rivalry of anyone versus Vancouver. Mm. Uh, so, this is up there with that. Um, it'd be cool if this game was played in Saskatchewan. I mean, it would, I know they talked about it and they were putting together a proposal and then they said no only nhl teams they're nhl cities so they had to stop yeah i i get it it, it would just be an, uh, an interesting little like throwback to earlier this season of, it would Let's be play game in saskatchewan be so cool. the, the city was alive it, it was, uh, it was cool to see, and I like being in that time zone because I can watch Eastern Conference games. Some of them start at like 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock, depending on daylight savings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I don't have to stay up way too late to watch a West Coast game. So, Yeah, I, that, that works your advantage. You're smack down in the, in the middle of it all. And it just all shut down. It's all my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah, thanks. Guys. Sorry, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the next matchup is uh, the fifth-seeded Oilers against the Blackhawks. There are lots of Oilers fans here in uh, Saskatchewan. Also Calgary, not so much Winnipeg. They really hate anything Manitoba here in Saskatchewan. That's that flat rivalry. Uh, I think it has more to do with uh, football, and it just kind of uh, carries over to everything else. So that's how little I know about like that 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 region when it comes to sport, because. As the hockey I. doesn't exist in Saskatchewan, well, other than the WHL. So I already, I automatically look at it as like, oh, it must be an interprovincial thing. No, the CFL is a thing, yeah. and I, it doesn't <laughs> even occur to me. Um, sorry, football fans. I'm not that. You know, it's uh, football is the first religion out here, so. Yeah, that still blows my mind. I'm like, but Canada, what happened? You know, they, they, f- they forgot Saskatchewan, so they adopted something else. <laughs> That'll be an interesting thing in the future if we get teams in in the East Coast or if we get teams in like the prairies, like where you are. That that would be, I think, an awesome way to grow the sport. I agree. Internally in Canada, like, or even get maybe a women's team out there somewhere, grow the sport in a different way. But hey, it's still growth. I I would be all for that. I would go to all the games. I mean, because Toronto has a team. They're the only. Because there were two leagues and then the one shut down. So now Toronto's yeah. the only Canadian city with a women's team, I think. Yeah, they're, uh, they're a Canadian team in Toronto owned by the, a Boston uh, ownership group, which really rubs me the wrong way. That's, um, that's so weird. Like that. It is very weird. Um, but hey, maybe that's what it takes to get a champion in Toronto. That is <laughs> brought to you by Boston. It's uh, like what Toronto needs. Just Boston mm. influence. Just uh, <laughs> the worst. So, do we think that Chicago has any shot? I mean, they they have Taves and Kane. Like, it's a possibility, but yeah, they also have Seabrook and Keith. Uh, one of those is not like the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know. I, I don't think anyone can hold down McDavid at this point. I, no. I think he's he's gotten to a point where we have literally not even seen his final form. 
he's going to go <laughs> full beast mode. I am willing to put money on this. I'm not an Oilers fan other than being like, oh, I appreciate their 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 heritage and their, you know, Wayne Gretzky and all that stuff. But McDavid's, he's got every skill set imaginable and he's put it all together in this incredible package. I think we've, we're going to see some of the most entertaining hockey come out of that series and it will not be flattering to the Blackhawks. I'm going uh, Edmonton in four. I think this is, yeah, the last, maybe the last time we'll see Chicago in the playoffs in the next little bit. Yeah. They're on the, they're on the downturn. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine like a, who's going to even be assigned to McDavid. Would it be Yalmerson? <laughs> I, it would have to be, I guess. It definitely won't be Seabrook. No, it would have it would have to be the fastest guy they have. Yeah, maybe they'll put Patrick Kane on him. Like there's, yeah, they'll, well they'll have to double team him. So definitely a forward, and probably Yalmerson will be attached to the hip. Yeah, that that doesn't inspire confidence. No, <laughs> no offense, Yalmerson, he's a great defenseman, but wow, we're talking about the best player on the planet. It's a tough ask. So the next uh, series is Vancouver at, at seven versus Minnesota at ten. That's uh, yeah. I think this is also I think this is maybe the snooze of the the West Conference. As much as I like you know Vancouver for being a Canadian team, I don't get excited for this matchup. It's a similar excitement that I have with the Edmonton series. That I'm not excited for the head to head, really. But I'm excited to see players like Pedersen, yes. players like Besser and Hughes get back into the full swing of things. And I think that's going to be the storyline of that series. Well, uh, that's the thing too. Vancouver was, you know, top in their division at one point. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. had to do a double take because I was like, really? They're first? Yeah, I know, right? A Jim Benning team led <laughs> first? Really weird. Really weird. Um Hey, sometimes even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think – I don't think that Minnesota has any chance. I don't no. even think they'll win a single game. Um, they're more or less they're like a, a – hub city either. Oh, my I – I think that's like kind of dead in the water now. Yeah. I would, I would hope. Just optic-wise, it would be a very, very bad look. It, yeah. But yeah, I don't think they have a chance. No, they're uh, they're uh, thanks for showing up. You got five extra, you know, or three extra games. And I think they know it too. They wanted yeah. to sell at the deadline. They almost yes, did. they did. Uh, they almost sold almost everything they had. Uh, I, I couldn't even name you a single impact player. They got Dubnik, right? And that's. The... Yeah, I said impact. Though. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> That's no, they got uh, some good pieces. I've always liked Jonas Brodin uh, for what he brings. He's not an offensive juggernaut in the slightest, but he's a very quiet, a very Swedish type of defenseman. You know, very quiet, stay at home, steady. He's not going to lay you out with hits. Uh, he's not going to wow you on the on the offense. He'll make some nice breakout passes, but that's about it. Uh, other than him. Pfft, 
Well, you just gave away all of Minnesota's secrets, so uh, congratulations. You just yeah. <laughs> Vancouver better Thanks. hire you. Oh, they just they just texted me. Jim Benning's like been all over me. He's like, yo. Like, okay, then then it's not like tampering or anything. So there you go. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, like, I mean, Edmonton could have been in the top four as well, uh, but they got fifth based on win percentage. And I don't know if Vancouver could have moved up to, to six. I don't know what their win percentage was, but they, I think they're fine at seven and will easily handle Minnesota. Yeah, I think they're, they're benefit from that matchup for sure. Yeah. They might have had a harder time with, Chicago, if they had played. Uh, Vancouver always has a hard time with Chicago. <laughs> That's so true. I wasn't even thinking from a historical context, but yeah, definitely. Uh, they lucked out with that with that head-to-head. Sorry, Minnesota, but yeah, you guys know where you're at. Uh, you know, it's kind of the times right now. They're not in a good place. Mm. And the final matchup is Nashville versus the coyotes right yeah wow i'm picking the coyotes to upset is it even an upset that i mean the numbers wise i guess on paper but i think the coyotes are were on the up and nashville's i mean they finished sixth, so i guess they're doing something right but i don't remember them having a solid season this year not really right they they kind of came out of the gate with a, it was very thud-like. It was like, oh, okay, here we are. We traded away Subban. Didn't really get much in return. Still won that trade. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've looked at the Coyotes and wondered, just when is it all going to come together? Right. And this They've been hovering. Be the time where it actually does come together, yeah. They traded for Kessel, which oh, right. probably like Kessel. Right, That's Kessel and exactly. Hall, yeah. Blows my mind that, that they have Kessel and Hall. They trade for him in the same calendar year, uh, or at least in the same 12-month period. And we're still talking about them like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe they can take Nashville. Maybe they can get fans. Maybe they can win games. Who knows? Yeah, and one of those things matters a lot less than the other yeah. right now. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Teams, really, I mean, Nashville, man, they, they have solid defense, but I don't even know the kind of season Forsberg has been having. I, I don't think it's been as productive in the past. I didn't get him this year in fantasy, but I know – I know it, the he was put up for on the trade block during the trade deadline because uh, he wasn't producing as much as years past. And what a but pickup that would have been for any team. Uh, but he's still a, a threat. Like he's oh, always yeah. going to be. He's a Forestberg. I mean, no relation, but it's kind of relations. You know. Very different kind of Forestberg, but holy, yeah. And even the way that uh, Nashville acquired him. Good luck, Washington. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I think, I hope, for no reason other than maybe Phil Kessel actually playing with Taylor Hall, which is 
a mind mess in my head being a Leafs fan and thinking of how that could have happened in any other realistic universe. It, I'm hoping that they smash Nashville. I hope so too. Just because I, it would be fun. It would be as so a, fun. As a, almost an experimental thought. <laughs> well, and two, the winner of, the, well, I guess it would be reseeded, but the way it was is they were going to face the third seed, which right now would be Vegas. But if they oh. would win, then it would be reseeded. So they would get potentially St. Louis or Colorado. I mean, best case scenario is they play Dallas. And I mean, I don't, I guess Dallas was the surprise at four, but I think most vulnerable of the top four. Yeah. Probably. I don't, I wouldn't see Dallas having a good time with any of the other teams. They'll, they'll probably not uh, see. No. Yeah. Out of the top four, I think Dallas is the most vulnerable. Yeah. In, in the East, I don't. I want to say maybe Washington because Philadelphia would be the would you would seem, you know, Philadelphia of years past would be maybe the the pick to be most vulnerable. But I think they actually kind of have it together. Yeah, you think you think Gritty put that team together? You know, once Gritty hit, it just it brought everyone together. Actually, quite a quite a cultural phenomenon he's been a he, he's transcended hockey he really has i've seen mentions of him on media where they would never otherwise mention hockey like he comes up in things that are relating to like video games and comes up in, in news streams of like what do you we're talking about the same gritty the philadelphia flyers do you even know what hockey is this is shocking so gritty yeah good for him I do think the Flyers are probably the, the Dallas Stars of the East, um, more so than Washington. I think Washington will will kind of win that favor for me, just because of how they've done recently, and also having a guy like Ovechkin, you know, <laughs> it helps. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I think. If, if there's any team that I would look at in the West of like, I am definitely watching that team, even more so than Edmonton, I would say Colorado. Yeah. They're I, so fun to watch. I agree. They're, they got too much talent not to be taken as a serious threat. And I mean, the two seed is you know, a great spot for them. I can yeah. see them going far. Same here. All right. Well, that's the thanks for uh, coming on. We'll have you uh, back once the uh, the first the once the play in rounds are are over with, and we can analyze the what they actually call playoff hockey, which was also very confusing terminology when they first came out. Was it playoffs? Was it not? Will it count for stats? Yeah, exactly. I'm wondering, like, can these stats be used for the regular season then? Cause they have, they, that's the way they said the regular season over, but it's, yeah. they haven't said what they're doing with these stats, but it's not playoffs. So like if Vancouver doesn't win, then they don't have to give up their first round draft pick this year. And they have to do it next year because there's, you know, trade stipulations on if teams make the playoffs. So they've talked about that, but they haven't 
addressed uh, any stat issues or you know what it has to do with player bonuses or anything like that. So those are those are things they'll have to figure out. They have. To. I know they've already basically awarded all of the obvious awards. So the, yeah, you know, the president's trophy and all that. What really kills me. Matthews being one goal shy <laughs> of the rocket. I know, okay, I know, Toronto. But <laughs> what most fans outside of Toronto don't really realize about Toronto, and because you know, you hear everything, you watch the sports night, you hear about Toronto, you watch TSN, you hear about Toronto. I get it. It's annoying. We shouldn't be the first story when the Raptors are doing so well in the playoffs. We shouldn't be leading the, uh, the ticker. But one thing that I'll say about Toronto sports, when it comes to hockey, there is no history of, of winning titles, uh, obviously the Stanley Cup, but I mean, big awards like the Rocket, the Heart, the only one we've had recently was Calder, and it was because of Austin Matthews. And he's one goal shy of getting the Rocket Richard could you name a single leaf in history that has ever gotten to that point? I, I couldn't even come close. No. Because Toronto doesn't have a, a track record of, of record-leading uh, star players. They just don't. They have a track record of heritage and, and you know, the team's been around for so long. That's it. Uh, their Stanley Cups, by and large, came before the expansion era. So, of course, someone had to win, but they don't have any, there is no equivalent to a, a rocket, like the actual person, Maurice Richard, as a leaf. They have Paul Henderson, who had a really great series against Russia. He didn't, he wasn't a good leaf. To give you a, a, a proper uh, analogy of what I'm trying to say, Jake Gardner is among the top 10. Jake Gardner played around 500 games for the Leafs. I like I like Jake Gardner. And I think Carolina did well by assigning him, again, proving their theory. But <laughs> he is in the top 10 in Leafs defenseman scoring of all time. Wow. I he has no, no business being there. No, he doesn't. No. Austin Matthews is already, I think, in the top 25 goal scorers for the Leafs. See, that That's makes sense, yeah. Insanity. This, this team has existed for over 100 years, and they, they don't have anyone that, that could even come close to, to coming near. The, the Oilers have Gretzky. The Canadians have Bellevo and Richard. And Toronto had, right? Like, there's no one. So this, this is one thing that I'm taking away from this year. Is I wouldn't say we were robbed or we were slighted. But man, we were so close to having that that marquee player finally hit one of those big milestones that we just don't have in our in our history. Uh, Imagine the bonus in his contract if he does win the uh, rocket. I'm sure that's all he can imagine right now. So close. <laughs> just in Arizona, throwing pebbles in the <laughs> desert, just being like, I could have had one, I could have had two, could have had five oh, million dollars. Freddie Anderson just being there, like, yeah, sorry, man. <laughs> Big old cuddly bear, Freddie Anderson. 
It's a good consolation prize. But anyway, <laughs> I'll get off the Toronto subject now since big old homer over here. But yeah, that's that's my main takeaway from the, the end of the season. It's big okay, problem. you know, we can start to have these talks again because sports are slowly coming back and our sanity is slowly starting to come back with it where we can, you know, talk about homerisms and teams that we support and then people can start to get angry because you don't like their team. So, you know, we're going to have yeah. that sense of kind of normalcy. Yeah, hey, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Habs fans, come at me. I love it. It's, it's the story of my life. So let's do it. Sports. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, coming on the podcast and we'll have you back uh, sometime in the summer. Awesome. Looking forward to it. And that was the sports report. Thank you again, Alvaro, for that interview. We will definitely have him back when the NHL kicks off. To continue our look at different leagues around the world, this week in our deep dive, we are heading into into the world of the Elite Ice Hockey League. The Elite Ice Hockey League is a league not many people know about. Uh, It is a new league that began in 2003, and uh, it took over from a previous uh, league, the Ice Hockey Super League, that was in existence from 1996 to 2002-3 season. When this league folded, the Elite Ice Hockey League took its place, filled the void of ice hockey in the UK. That's right, this is a league in the UK. It has uh, it has had a few teams come and go. Uh, currently, there are 10 teams in the league. The league is set up uh, very different than the NHL. Within the 10 teams uh, in the league, they play each other six times for a total of 54 games. The teams with the most points at the end is crowned regular season champion. Pretty simple so far. The playoffs. Playoffs have uh, the top eight teams. You have those top eight teams. They square off in uh, as normal in quarterfinals, except they play a two-legged score series. So if you are familiar with uh, football or soccer, uh, as long as you win both games or score the most amount of goals, you'll advance no pressure but if you lose one of those games you're still not completely out of it so that uh, you play a home and home series essentially and the one the team who scores the most amount of goals moves on to the quarter or to moves on to the semifinals once you get to the semifinals things get more interesting as it takes over a grand weekend if you will so you have semifinals and finals take place on the same weekend. It's a single elimination, winner moves on, and then winner wins the, the playoffs. So this all happens over a weekend at a uh, neutral site. The winner of the two semifinal games play in the finals the next day, and the two losers play in the third place game. Also during the season, there's a third competition called the Challenge Cup. It too has gone through many different versions, uh, but began... Uh, different versions in 1997 the current version uh, has teams split into three groups one group has four and uh, group a has four teams and they play uh, one home one away with the top three qualify the current version has teams split into three groups group a has four teams and play a one home one away with the top three qualifying to advance group b and group c both have three teams and play a double home and away with the top two teams qualifying to move forward. You might think, hey, I'm not very good at math, but that's only seven teams. You would be correct. 
The two third-place teams in both Group B and C play a one-game playoff to see who gets that eighth and finals slot. Once that is determined, uh, and the group stage winners get to pick their opponent, the fourth best team gets home ice advantage, but they don't get to pick. They get whoever was not picked. In the quarterfinals, they play a two-legged system, uh, home and away, just like in the playoffs. In the semifinals, the highest ranked team plays the lowest ranked team, and the other two get paired up. And in the semifinals, it also is a two-legged uh, home and away aggregated scoring system just like in football or soccer those winners meet in the challenge cup final it's a one game winner takes all all of this takes place during the regular season it's kind of like watching the voyagers cup uh, in canadian soccer if you know what that is so the elite ice hockey league was cut short this past season uh, but we will still highlight the 10 teams that are in and the order that they stopped when the league shut down. The Fife Flyers, uh, this team was founded in 1938, plays out of Kirk in Scotland, and is the oldest professional ice hockey team in the UK. That's pretty cool. They play in the tiny Fife Ice Arena that seats 3,000 people. They joined the league in 2011. They have not won a Challenge Cup uh, in its current format, nor have they won the playoffs nor the regular season championship. They've finished the 2019-2020 season in 10th place. The Dundee Stars. This team was founded in 2001 and play out of Dundee, Scotland as well. They play out of the Dundee Ice Arena that seats an even smaller 2300. They joined the league in 2010 and have not won the Challenge Cup in its current format, nor the playoffs, nor the regular season championship. They finished the 2019-2020 season in 9th place. The next team is the Manchester Storm. This team was originally part of another league, uh, but left when that league folded, and they returned to the Elite Ice Hockey League in 2015, and they play out of Alton Cham, Greater Manchester. Uh, they play in the Alton Cham Ice Dome, that seats 2,140. They have not won the Challenge Cup, nor the playoffs, nor the regular season championship. They finished the 2019-2020 season in 8th place. The Glasgow Clan. This team was founded and joined the league in 2010, and they play out of Glasgow in Scotland. And in the Brayhead Arena, they have a pretty cool logo too, if I don't say so myself. This arena seats 4,000 people. They have not won the Challenge Cup, nor the playoffs. They finished the 2019-2020 season in 7th place. The Guilford Flames. This team was founded in 1992 and joined the Elite Ice Hockey League in 2017. They play out of Guilford, Surrey and play out of the Guilford Spectrum and that seats 2,200 people. They were the runners-up in the 2018-2019 Challenge Cup, losing in overtime and have not won a playoff championship, nor a regular season championship. They finished the 2019-2020 season in 6th place. The Nottingham Panthers were founded back in 1946. They were one of the founding members of the Elite, the Elite Ice Hockey League in 2003. They play out of the city of Nottingham in the National Ice Center and can seat 
7,500 people. They were the winners of the first Challenge Cup in 2003 and have won a total of eight cups, won the league uh, league championship once, and the playoffs five times. They finished the 2019-2020 season in fifth place. The Belfast Giants were founded way, way back in the year 2000. So long ago. They were part of the launch of the league in 2003. They play out of Belfast in the SSE Arena Belfast, and that seats 9,000 people. They have won uh, the Challenge Cup three times, last in 2018-2019, won the league championship four times, including last year, and won the playoffs once. They finished the 2019-2020 season in fourth. The Coventry Blaze were founded in 1965 and again were another founding member of the Elite Ice Hockey League back in 2003. They play out of the Skydome Arena, which seats 3,000 people. Good to know the Skydome name lives on, although it seems to be a mini Skydome seating 3,000 in Coventry. They have won the Challenge Cup two times, the League Championship four times, and the playoffs twice. They finished the 2019-2020 season in third. The next team is the Sheffield Steelers, founded in 1991. Again, part of the founding members club of the league in 2003. They play out of the gigantic 13,600-seat Fly DSA Arena in Sheffield. They play out of the gigantic 13,600-seat Fly DSA Arena Sheffield in Sheffield. This is the biggest arena in the league. They just recently won the Challenge Cup this season for the first time. They won the league championship five times and are five-time playoff winners. They finished the 2019-2020 season in second place. And rounding out our teams are the Cardiff Devils. Devils were founded in 1986 and were also, again, a founding member of the league in 2003. They play in Cardiff in the Ice Arena Wales, which seats 3,088 people. They have won the Challenge Cup three times, the league championship twice, and the playoffs twice, including last season. They were on a roll and finished this past season, the 2019-2020 season, in first place. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Sports Unite podcast. We are still looking to hit that magic number of 50 on Facebook and Instagram. Once we do, we are having our first big giveaway. So share the podcast, share the magic that we're uh, hopefully releasing here. Uh, please give us a shout on the social media, Sports Unite Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Sports Unite Pod 1 on Twitter. Or if you have any suggestions on what we should do or cover or who we should interview next, Sports Unite Podcast at gmail.com. Please looking for all suggestions. We will have more guests on as well and analyze lots of sports that are coming back and cover all the stories that hopefully will unite us all that will showcase the magic sport has on the world. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, show support, learn, grow, and sport on.